We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. to inform and engage the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power, experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. Check out her website at www.eastgateministries.com. Is operating in heaven is operating. 
operating through us on earth through the blood, the water, and the spirit of Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. I am of the persuasion that the Holy Spirit continually speaks in supernatural power on earth and in heaven. So why did I make that strong point? Because there are people who do not believe that. Verse 7 is controversial. Be, uh, when I am searching things out, and I enjoy searching things out, there are uh, some of the newer translations do not agree that this was not in the original transcript. Mm -hmm. Others believe the witness of the blood, the water, and the spirit is symbolic through communion. Okay? Abel's righteous blood still speaks, the word of God says. Hallelujah. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks. Better things. Better things than that of Abel. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, 4. Oh, yes. By faith, Abel offered to give a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. People of God, your righteous blood will continue to speak after your death. Amen. Your righteousness will continue to speak through the blood of Jesus Christ. All the good that you do in this life, all the good seed that you sow, all the love and all the goodness that you pour into other people's lives, it will grow and live beyond you. Amen. Amen. That's what I believe. Three witnesses of Christ's humanity, sonship, and divinity. The Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus and his water baptism. The water gives a threefold witness. Water baptism symbolizing his own death, burial, and resurrection. Water baptism symbolizing our new birth. The death of our old Adam nature and the birth of our new nature. Not just symbolism. Let me, let me take away that word symbolism. When we go into water baptism, there is a supernatural power in that act of faith of that water baptism that my, oh, my sins are washed away and my old nature is washed away and I now have the new nature of G and I am part of the one new man that is Jesus Christ. The baptism of the water still speaks. It's not just a symbolism. Water of the word bearing witness to the incarnation. Water and blood at the crucifixion testify of his humanity. Number three, the blood testifying not only the humanity and sonship of Jesus Christ, but guaranteeing redemption from sin. I'm going with Finnish Jake Dake on this one. I went through several about four different ones last night. See what they had to say, since they all had different opinions. And this is what he wrote. <clears throat> what is written from verse seven, uh, from in heaven to in the earth, in verse eight, is said by some is not in some some early manuscripts. Some early manuscripts. But this is not proof that it was not in the original book. Cyprian, Bishop of Carthage, 200 to 250 AD, quotes this as being written by John. And Tanisine Fathers, in his book, Vigilus Athapus quotes it in the 5th century and the Codex Monforti and the Vulgate contain it. The Vulgate was written by St. Jerome of the Desert Fathers. I choose 
to believe it is in the original manuscript because my spirit bears witness to it. The spirit of God that is in me, that the Lord has given me to reveal himself to me, bears witness that that verse is in the original manuscript. Not only does my spirit witness to it, but leaps with joy. Knowing that the supernatural power of the blood, the water, and the spirit continues to speak in heaven and on earth, bearing witness that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Mm. And it is a supernatural power and move in, have our being, and we exist so that we're actually living in eternal things in heaven and we're operating from that eternal realm down here. Yes. This is what I believe. How do I believe that? Because I'm walking in it. Living there. Mm. When I see the blood, made of clay that contains fresh spring water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from leprosy. The blood is mingled with the water. That's from Leviticus 14, 2 through 7. We know what Jesus accomplished at the cross. Before I go any further, the Lord showed me. Remember, well, some of you were here Sunday morning. I told you about standing by that creek when I was packing up Sunday morning. And the sun and the angels were dancing on the creek and the creek rippled by and it was crisp and it was cool. And I was standing there in the sunlight and the cedar trees were all around. And there were trees that were red and orange and gold all around me. And in that moment, I had a silly experience with God. I was standing there by living water flowing with the sun shining down on me. And at that moment, a joy filled me that filled me with so that whatever I have to walk through in this life, that that joy is so complete in me that what can Satan do to me? That knowing, see, that was, that's the reality of that living water. And, and even the water that's on earth, the Lord was revealing himself to me that Friday morning through his creation. And I was seeing that living water. But it, but it, was, it was a vision. It was spiritual, even though it was in the natural. So, we know what Jesus accomplished at the cross because we believe his word. Now, if you don't believe his word, you better start at the beginning. <laughs> but only his spirit can make it vital and real in our lives. I 
have to be careful that I do not become frustrated. And I, I'm not a person, frustration is a spirit, so I sure don't claim it. But I, but I, as people who don't see what I see, why don't you see this? The Word of God says it. It's written in the Word of God. This is a supernatural power that we live in and move in. And you don't see this? You know why they can't see it? Because the Spirit of God has not opened it up to them. Mm -hmm. Only the Spirit of God can open it up to them. It is the Spirit who makes it vital to us. Now, if you ask Him for it, I believe that He will give it to you. But you got to want it. You can't just read the Bible black and white letters. Because there's a living word there. That's right. And underneath that living water is a, is a revelation that only the Spirit of God can give you as He begins to open up spiritual things to you wherever you are. And you begin to see the word come alive all around you in creation. For that which is in heaven will be heavenly on earth. Okay. Every believer has firsthand experience of this threefold testimony within himself. When you were saved, you received an experience when Jesus entered your heart. When you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you received another experience. And you have your own witness of these three witnesses inside of you. It is the Spirit who works within us faith. And enable, uh, enables us to make the good confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Of course, John was preaching this letter, and he was writing it because he was in warfare against Gnosticism, which was trying to totally wipe out Christianity. For just as a bird was slain for the cleansing of a leper, and his blood mingled with pure running water in an earthen vessel, and this became a cleansing stream for the leper in Israel. So when the blood of the Lord Jesus was shed, and there issued forth from his sacrifice a cleansing stream of blood and water out of a clay vessel. John 19, 34 through 35. One of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and there came forth blood and water. He that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he knows that he, that he said truth, that you might believe. Oh, don't tell me this is not living blood, it's living water. Wow. Blood and water. This is a stream that cleanses. Amen. Only the presence of the Spirit of God can make our baptism in water to be effectual and meaningful. I was when I was in Missouri. I was uh, having lunch with Mother Sonia and I were, and I was sitting there. And the gentleman across the way, and I think Sonia had told him I was a pastor. I don't ever say anything, but she thought around the room and told everybody I was a pastor. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> And so anyway, this gentleman says, he said, we just found out you were a pastor. And I said, yes, sir. I said, I was saved in a Baptist church at nine years old, and it took. <laughs> it took. Mm -hmm. When you get saved, and I was baptized, yes. it took. Mm -hmm. I see, it, faith entered me, and I believed, even at nine years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got ahead of here. Whatever we do in obedience to the Lord must be accompanied by His presence and Spirit if it's going to be effectual. Mm -hmm. The water that the children of Israel drank in the wilderness was spiritual water because it was impregnated with the life of Christ. The bread they ate in the wilderness was spiritual because it was prepared in heaven and endued with the life of Christ. That which was in heaven came to earth. The water of the word is spiritual 
when it is endued, impregnated, and anointed with the Holy Spirit. It becomes a living, flowing stream. The water of purification that God ordained for the cleansing of the leper had to be running water. Mm -hmm. Our living water. Mm -hmm. It was effectual because the living bird was dipped in the water and in the blood and released to soar into the heavens and over the fields with blood on his wings. Mm. Yes. So I don't have it in my notes, but I think, Jenny, I, I shared this Sunday night about I had a dream while I was in Kerrville of two angels. Couldn't figure it out. But I think when I did this, the Lord showed me these two angels were angels of living water. Uh, they were not identical, but they looked alike. And um, they had a female form. And some people say, there's no thing in the Bible that says female angels. Well, it's too late. I've seen them. <laughs> because uh, Sandra has an angel that looks just like her. Wow. It's her guardian angel. <laughs> Margaret has an angel that looks just like her. Wow. It's her guardian angel and has a female form. Okay, so these two angels had a female form. They were standing side by side, but the focus was on their garments, and they were identical. They were deep royal blue, the royal blue of deep royal blue water, not our color royal blue, because it was living water. Their garments were living water, and they flowed in waves, wave, 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 kept flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing, and flowing never stopped. And through each wave, there went a golden light. And they stood there before me, and they didn't say anything. And when I woke up, I said, oh, Lord, why didn't he tell me why they came? What, was, what is my message? But see, he will speak to us in mysteries that we cannot understand. Mm -hmm. So I have pondered it. So last night when I put this together, I said, Lord, they were angels of living water. And he showed me that vision while I was standing there by that creek before I left Friday morning of angels in the sunlight dancing across the ripples of the living water. And I had the dream while I was in Kerbia that night before I left. The Three Witnesses. This is a poem by George Warnock. The blood and water flowed from his side and sprinkled the earth below. For earth was the vessel that God did provide to receive the cleansing flow. And the spirit of truth was there on that day, God's witness so faithful and sure that our sins are removed and taken away and the heart of the leper made pure. His pinions are stained with the blood of the sun as he soars o'er the hills and the fields. Oh, clear, hear his clear witness. The work has been done. You are cleansed in the stream that heals. For the Spirit is witness that water and blood flowed from his wounded side, that we might be cleansed in the streams of God, ever with him to abide. There's nothing more clean on the earth below, nor in heaven's pure realms above, that the children of men who abide in the flow of the streams of his mercy and love. Oh, plunge and be clean in the river of God and soar on the wings of the dove. Immersed in the fountain of water and blood, redeemed by the Son of his love. He wrote that while standing in heaven, even though he was on earth. Of course, he's in heaven now. Okay, going back to verse 1, 1 John 5, verse 1. This is the Passion Translation. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah is God's spiritual child and has been fathered by God himself. Everyone who loves Father God loves his children as well. I pointed this out Sunday morning. 
Jesus is the head, we are the body. He is seated at the right hand of God. How can we be out of fellowship with one another when we are seated with him and in him, in him and in us is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And how can we dare to be out of fellowship with another Christian? Because they don't agree with us. Jesus has revealed in this epistle that we've been studying eight blessings of the new births. I won't call the scriptures out to you, but if you want to research them, you they're, they're written there. Power to do righteousness. Amen. Actual sonship. Freedom from sin. Love for the brethren. Love for God. Power to keep the New Testament commandments. Power to overcome the world, and that would be the cosmos, the world system, and freedom from Satan. 2016, the Lord called our conference the victory of faith. 1 John 5, 4. Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We did a whole conference on that scripture. Mm. Sunday evening, we were studying from the book Everyday Angels on a chapter written by Pastor Joe Brock. The Lord sent him on a prayer assignment to Washington, D.C. to pray over the city. At a large government building, uh, he was looking for a place to park and he, he found a place near this government building and, and uh, he saw in the spirit, God opened his eyes. He sees in the spirit. Numerous men and women entering and exiting the building. Okay, they were actually men and women entering and exiting this building. But what God revealed to him was that he saw demons on their back. Mm -hmm. um, but God revealed to him the real nature and reality of politics. <laughs> Now, church, you're going to have to deal in these days that are coming up with the political spirit. Yes. Do not doubt. You've got to deal with it. The kingdom of God is going to have to face down the political spirit that is over our nation and the nations of the world. That is going to be a kingdom assignment. So if you're too spiritual to deal with a political spirit, you, you bid your best just stay home. Okay, but he began to, the real nature and reality of politics. The significant buildings, government agencies, and political hobnobbing. All built down, he said, all boiled down, the Lord showed him to simple words, thoughts. To one simple word, thoughts. People believe certain things to be true. And when they feel their view is vital, they seek to influence others to that same perception. Remember I tell you that I don't ever need to control you? I tell you what God shows me. I throw you whatever golden ring God has given me, but I'm not going to go police you to see if you if it works or not. Because mm -hmm. God has not given me authority over your will. Because he, got, he, will, he won't override your yeah. will. Mm -hmm. And he sure hasn't given it to me. Mm -hmm. Or to anyone else. But they want others to believe as they do. This is called mind control, which is in our media. This is how politics work. God began allowing Brother Brock to see there were demons on the backs of many people. The Lord was also showing him that single agency represented politics as a whole. Mm. This particular group was one of the hundreds throughout D.C. Now, this book was published in 2018, but we don't know when he took, he didn't tell us when he took this trip to D.C. Mm -hmm. This gets better. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a demonic attempt to plant evil thoughts in people and see them grow into a full belief system. Yes. Each time this seed of darkness is sown into another's mind, this idea potentially spreads. As the idea spreads, 
and more people accept it gains more cultural credibility. Mm -hmm. This is what you're seeing right now happening with socialism. Mm -hmm. This is what you're seeing right now happening with globalism. Mm -hmm. This is what you're seeing right now that we shouldn't have sovereignty of nations or borders. Mm -hmm. Eventually, enough people believed it and through the political spirit, I wrote the word system there, but I'm going to call it the political spirit. It is introduced as a potential law. If the law is voted on and becomes established, this law then has a jurisdiction over people. Mm -hmm. This is how evil propagates. Yes. Yes. A single evil thought planted in people grows and deceives until it becomes established law. Yes. There are people the demonic has targeted in every sector of life to use them as carriers of evil thoughts and to do mind control. Yes. Amen. God does not give the church authority to do mind control. Amen. That's right. The demonic will also give these people great prestige and authority and make them seem larger than life for the sole purpose of winning over the masses. Yeah. I shared with them Sunday night, yeah. it was before I pastored, so this must have been 35 years ago. I don't know, a long time ago. Donnie and I were at a Saints football game in New Orleans. And they began to do the wave. And I always, when I, he was, he loved football. So when I went with him to football, I watched the people. Even back then, I was discerning the people. You know, I guess I was already moving in the gifts then. And so this wave began to move. You know how, how the wave goes. Holy Spirit spoke to me loud and clear. This is how the spirit of Antichrist is going to control the world. Yes. I didn't get up. <laughs> I just sat there. <laughs> okay, I need to get on here with my story. Right? Y'all liking the story? Okay. Uh, once they have begun to uh, put this purpose in the masses, this in turn creates a stronghold. Okay, so Brother Rock returned from this trip uh, to only be sent back with another assignment in a few days. The Lord identified to him I, I like the way he described it. He was debriefing. He came back and he was debriefing before the Lord. That's what I do on Monday morning. I debrief. Uh, I sit before the Lord for about an hour on, on Monday morning and I debrief whatever God did on Sunday morning and Sunday night. So I like that word debriefing. So he was debriefing and the Lord told him he wanted to go back to D.C. Uh, he identified a specific institution in D.C. that carried some of the vilest ideas ever to enter our nation. He said that's what God told him. He was sent to pray, repent for this nation, and pour anointing oil as inconspicuously as possible. He said two armed guards came out, and they were outside smoking a cigarette, and he was walking along trying to drop oil without being seen. And I think the way he got past him was he reached out and scratched his ankle and dropped oil. And <laughs> but he got past him, but God covered him. Okay. And uh, when, I guess when that, as he was praying, he had an open-eye vision of a large older brick building an angel appeared. Uh, I think it was an orange brick building. An angel appeared and handed him a plunger type square box with a handle on it. He was directed by the angel to push the plunger. And when he did, he said there was an explosion and the building he saw in the spirit blew up. Angels came and he described it and I didn't for, 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 the, for uh, lack of time in this message. Angels came and they systematically came in different groups and cleaned up every drop of the debris and swept it totally clean. Hallelujah. His summation of the vision 
was that God taught him the power of how a single thought can grow into an actually manifested reality. The single thought of abortion. Now, he didn't tell us what this building was, but our summation was that it might have been the Supreme Court because of the emphasis here on abortion. The single thought of abortion has grown to the point it has become law. Okay? Some of the most evil and grotesque thoughts have originated into the building to which he was sent. Now, I don't know if it's fake news or white news, but I have saw that some state is going to make a child pornography legal. And, uh, and, and okay, see, an evil thought can be made into a law. Mm-hmm. Yes. The building he saw in the spirit was a demonic stronghold that had systematically grown over the years. Mm-hmm. According to scripture, a stronghold is a fortified place in the spiritual realm where evil thoughts have evolved into an established belief system. Mm-hmm. Now you tell me this is not going on in this nation mm-hmm. concerning same-sex marriage, uh, concerning uh, sex trafficking, concerning abortion, uh, concerning global warming. I can go on and on and on, and they have even become religions and belief systems. Yes. Global warming is a religion because it is giving the power over uh, the weather and the climate to a demonic force. And the power over storms is Baal. So they're getting the power over weather that is Baal's that belongs to God, to an evil stronghold belief system. That's right. When we're called to destroy a stronghold, we are being invited to terminate a demonic-based thinking pattern that exists in the first and second heavens. Can't go into the third heaven. Paul says it like this. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Where are we waging war and how are we waging war? By the Spirit of God and with the armies of heaven. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh or carnal, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments, and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience. But there's a condition there where your obedience is complete. What gives us this authority when we obey God? You see, this man had to go to D.C. twice. It must have been a a sacrifice. And he had to do what God told him to do. Now, well, I've used this over my own mind and over my own thought process to destroy anything that would come into my mind that was not of God. But he's telling you that you've got authority over strongholds and powers and principalities over nations. Over nations. Yes. Amen. Yes. The demonic is bound to darkness. The way to remove the darkness is by confessing sin to the Lord Jesus and allowing the power of his cleansing blood to remove the sin. As the sin is being eliminated, the power of the enemy derives from the darkness becomes smaller, which means the light penetrate, penetrates the darkness, and darkness cannot stay in the light yes. until the enemy has no power or legal right to remain. Amen. As Brother Brock confessed on behalf of the people who were in the building, God removed the enemy's right to be there. Mm-hmm. Jenny pointed out, as we were studying this, that that must be the Supreme Court. Yes. 
That was Joanne. Oh, that was Joanne. Okay. It must be the Supreme Court. Because we have sent in since his time two conservative judges. She pointed out more. Right. Oh, but it was a battle. the Supreme Court. But it was a battle. Yeah. It was a battle. But see, because of this man's obedience, you can say, well, who is he? He just went on a prayer journey. He just went up there on a prayer journey. God told him to go up there on a prayer journey. God told him what to do. God gave him a vision. And he said he was going to destroy that whole demonic system. And we can say it's 2018, and we have two conservative Supreme Court judges who do not believe in abortion. We've got to pray for them to make sure they stay straight and those thoughts and those ideas. See, they get up there and that idea system and those strongholds take over their minds. So those strongholds that are over our nation, go. we send good, good people up there and those strongholds take them over. This, he states, is what ultimately gave him the right to push the plunger and destroy the stronghold that was there. The detonation was actually blowing up the spiritual building of demonic thoughts. As we studied this Sunday night, the light bulb of truth opened our eyes that this scripture gives us, the church, authority to pull down strongholds, not just in our mind. Destroy arguments and Evie's lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God over this nation. And we have the authority to take every thought captive to obey Christ and be ready to punish every disobedience. The key to this authority is when our obedience is complete. As we quickly obey Christ, then he will move his will and his purpose through us. The victory of faith. 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Cosmos. The world system. The world strongholds. The world's ideas. The world's thought process. The world's politics and the world's doctrines, which are not part of the kingdom of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Verses 9 through 13. This is, I know this heavy, y'all. I don't apologize. If we don't preach it, who will? If this is Passion Translation again, if we accept the testimony of men, how much more should we accept the more authoritative testimony of God that he has testified concerning his son? The testimony of the world system is strong out there. Just turn your TVs on. Those who believe in the Son of God have a living testimony in their hearts. Those who don't believe have made God out to be a liar by not believing the testimony God has confirmed about his son. This is the true testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life has its source in his son. Whoever has the son has eternal life. Whoever does not have the son does not possess eternal life. I have written this letter to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you will be assured and know without a doubt that you have eternal life. John again states the intent and purpose of this letter, which is to enable Christians to know with assurance that they have eternal life. How then shall the Christian employ himself in glad confidence by bringing the lost into the same state? The purpose of the letter is declared in, at its commitment, commencement and at its conclusion. He again affirms the joyful fellowship with the Father and the Son and with the people of God. We can't just be an arcade and be a hermit. I tried that. You know, God gave me these revelations and the church didn't want to hear it. 
No, I just go hide in my cave and just spend my time with Jesus. Me and Jesus handled it. And he threw me out. Okay. <laughs> just got thrown out of the cave. Tried to hide in denominations. I tried to hide everywhere. Because when I opened my mouth, no one wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. It is what it is. Going on here. Our fellowship. We cannot break fellowship through sin with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Ghost. But brothers and sisters, I cannot break fellowship with the body of Christ. If they don't like me, fine. But I'm not going to break fellowship with them. Amen. Because when I break fellowship with the body of Christ, then I no longer walk in what John says that we are to walk in. I'm saved and I'll go to heaven. But I'm not going to experience that eternal life here on earth and the power of that blood and the power that God wants the church to walk in and the redemption process of God that he has to bring the earth into the redemption and the people of the earth into the redemption of his son. And I won't fulfill what God has called me to do if I break fellowship with the body of Christ. Amen. That's clear. Help me, Jesus, with this. Okay. 14 through 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Yes. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. When I got to this one, I no, that wasn't this one. I, I threw up my hands a bit, but not this one. Let us not excuse our feeble prayers with the if of this verse. Did you hear me? Do not excuse your feeble prayers with the if of this verse. In this epistle, John has challenged us to true fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ. Okay, so what's he's telling us? That if we are in this fellowship, and we are walking in this fellowship, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Why does Satan want to break the body up? Why does he want to cause strife and division in the body of Christ? And why does God tell us not to become offended? Why are we not to become offended with one another? Or to cause offense? Because we get out of the love. We get out of that promise and our prayers will not be answered. We lose the power. So he tries to create strife in the body of Christ. The Lord's going to bring up a body. He's going to bring up a church that will refuse to be offended. And I believe there's people in Eastgate Church who you're, God's raising you up and you're refusing to be offended. He had to do some stretching and growing with some of you. I watched it. <laughs> of course, me too. And he'll, check, he'll test us again. If you get a test of whether you got offended, if, if, a, if a Christian brother comes up and offends you and says that's stupid, just, it's just a test. <laughs> See, if you're going to pass it, mm -hmm. all right. <laughs> <laughs> Not, don't just wipe out the offense. Lord, help me pass it. Okay? Okay. In that fellowship, we have the confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Yes. Okay, so that means that before you pray, which I, I, we do, I do this on Sunday night, 
because we have some bloviating going on from time to time, no offense intended. But we ask God how we should pray after we tell him our opinions about some things going on. But we finally get to the place where we ask God how we should pray and what he wants to do. Amen. Lord, show us what your will is. So driving back from San Antonio, I said, Lord, what do you want to do with that border? He didn't answer me, Jenny. That's good. <laughs> but I asked him. I could tell him what I wanted to happen. Yeah. But I finally asked him, Lord, what do you want to happen at that border? Your will be done. You tell us what you want to happen at that border. I know what I think. But I don't want to think. I want his will. And we pray, if you pray according to his will, okay, that means you don't rearrange your brothers and sisters. That means you don't rearrange your husband and your wife. That means you don't rearrange the other ministries in the city to agree with you. Or you don't tell him how you think somebody should act or shouldn't act. Opinions. You pray according to his will. Yeah. And then your prayers don't automatically be answered. Yeah. Because it's his will. Right. I gotta finish this, y'all. Because it's good. Okay. It was good for me. Thank y'all for not getting up and leaving. And if we know that he hears us. Okay, so where do we get that confidence? I'm going to drill this in y'all today. How do we get that confidence that we know he hears us? The Word of God says so. Being in fellowship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ. Four. We've got to be in that fellowship. Bible, Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together. That's not just to, to, to keep all that rough edges roughed off and knocked off of you. That is that we might fulfill uh, this condition that our prayers will be answered. Okay. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If we are in this fellowship, we will only ask what his will is. Breathing. I love that you played that song. Did you read my notes, Jenny? Did you play that song, Breath? Did you read my notes? Breathing the rarefied air surrounding this fellowship is not an elitist honor but a purchase privilege through the blood and the water that flowed from Jesus' side. It is the heart of the song of Solomon and has been the intent of the Father from the beginning. Adam and Eve experienced a daily fellowship with God, which was broken by sin. He who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. The fellowship transcends what the first humans experienced and is the meat of a communion which angels desire to look into. 16 through 17. If anyone observes a fellow believer sinning in a way that doesn't lead to death, you should keep interceding in prayer. God will give that person life. Period. New sentence. Now there is a sin that leads to death. And I'm not encouraging you to pray for those who commit it. All unrighteousness is sin, but there is sin that does not result in death. Passion translation, New King James Version. If anyone sees his brother sitting a sinning, sitting a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life. For those who commit sin not leading to death, there is a sin leading to death. 
I do not say that we should pray about that. All unrighteousness and sin, and there is sin, not leading to death. Do we know what that sin is? That well, at this point, I decided that I just We're threw up my hands. <laughs> God had taken me through some deep places last time. I thought, I need a break from this. Because <laughs> that was my computer. Must have been about eight o'clock. I said, Lord, I gotta have a break before I touch this one. So I went downstairs and watched Hannity. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't help. <laughs> it didn't help. I need to pray for Hannity. But <laughs> so I sat there and I said, Okay, Lord, I'm just gonna go give it what I got. Because I can't give any more than what I got. So, um, now let's note this. <coughs> That's a Christian, because it's a brother. Passion Translation calls it a fellow believer. New King James calls him a brother. Um, sending a sin unto, okay, not sending a sin unto death, sorry. That would mean a Christian could sin a sin unto death. However, that's not exactly what it says. I mean, I'll come back to that in a minute. Greater scholars than me are still arguing and debating yeah. whether a fellow believer can commit a sin unto death because of this scripture. I will simply state it is written. Now the only thought I might inject is if the sinning is persisted in, it may lead to death as in drugs, alcohol, prostitution, adultery. Okay, that if you continue in drugs, it's going to kill you. If you continue as an alcoholic, it will kill you. If, if you continue in prostitution, it will kill you. Mm -hmm. Except there's a problem with that. Okay? Um, we can still pray for them if they can make those sins. Sure. And we can still minister to them. Yeah. And they can still be saved. Mm -hmm. So those are not sins unto death. They may die because of their sin. Okay? Which is a sin unto death. But that doesn't mean that we can't pray for them if they are sinning those sins. Mm -hmm. Okay? We still pray for those people who are in those sins. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, so that's not what it means. Okay? Uh, the Bible does say that fornication and adultery are both sins against the body. In the Old Testament, adultery was punishable by death, but not in the New Testament. The woman caught in adultery, Jesus, uh, by grace, delivered her. However, all of those sins are forgivable in the New Testament. And we continue to intercede for people who have committed those sins. And we see them get saved. Mm -hmm. So, again, I must state, I am not, in, I'm not qualified to interpret verse 16. So, what is the sin unto death? Some believe this may refer to the unforgivable sin of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Bible says it. Or possibly the sin that brings death in taking communion unworthily. But it doesn't say that we're not supposed to pray for someone who took communion unworthily. That would not be the sin that we're not allowed to pray for someone about. We might also consider John wrote this letter about the gross apostasy of those who turn away from the truth and depart from the fellowship of believers and follow the teaching of Antichrist. But that too is forgiven. 
and, and we continue to pray for the backslider. The Lord is married to the backslider. Verses 18 through 19. So, I am not qualified to tell you what John meant. I just tell you what he said. And nor do I know what it means to me. Okay? In other things that I teach you, because of my walk with the Lord and study of the Word, I can tell you what persuasion the Lord has brought me to. But I can't do that with that verse. I just simply say it is written. Okay, 18 through 19. We are convinced that everyone fathered by God does not make sinning a way of life because the Son of God protects the child of God and the evil one cannot touch him. We know that we are God's children and the whole world lies under the misery and the influence of the evil one. But we also know from Scripture that the Lord will use Satan to test us. Okay? Or you can choose to let him in. You can choose that you prefer walking in sin and the fellowship of sin over walking in the blessings of God. You can make that choice, and when you do, you invite Satan to come in. That sin is more delightful to you than the blessings of God. And Christians do that. I believe in the keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone, there's a lot of controversial teaching on that. The reason I believe in that is 1 Peter 1.5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. But when my children were growing up, I prayed and put them under the keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I believe there is a keeping power. Hallelujah. Now, as they were growing up, they tasted and tested the world because they grew up in the other in the Christian part. They wanted to see what the other stuff was like. Mm -hmm. Okay. They went to college. There was a lot going on there. But I've seen, seen things come around. Yes. Oh, I've seen it turn around. And you gave me a word about Chris. I'm going to talk to you about it later. Okay. Uh, last week. Uh, Satan not only lays hold upon the whole world, it is holy within his grasp. So there's no point in you getting frustrated with Satan's cosmos. He's got it. What you've got to do is to get in the fellowship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and the body of Christ, and take the authority that God has given you and pull down those strongholds of ideas and thoughts that have come against uh, the knowledge of God. And you are to bring those down over your nations and over the nations of the world and the churches to arise in these hours and this time and to rise up and be that that, that God has called us to be. And we're, st we're to stop being, what do you want to call, just nanny panties. Huh? Oh, I hope Brother Fuller brings the guest back again. <laughs> this is one of my sweet sermons. <laughs> they tease me about my sweet sermons. Okay, verse 20. Did I read that? No. We know that the Son of God has made our understanding come alive so that we can now know by experience the one who is true. And we are in him who is true, God's Son, Jesus Christ, the true God and eternal life. Okay, this is what we've been talking about this whole time. Spiritual intelligence, revelation, and the capacity to receive divine knowledge are in the gift of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
We are in him who is true, the real and living God. God has blessed me by measure to be able to see into the heavenlies. Mm. And when I read this word, and I only see a word that is black and white, but I see a living word that is living in the third heaven. And that word in the third heaven is being released to the body of Christ on earth. And he is releasing and raising up a people that's going to walk in the power of that living word and the living blood and the living water. And it's going to be released on heaven and the church is going to arise. In the name of Jesus. If any lack wisdom, let him ask God. And God will give it to him. Simon's got a call on her life. And she says she doesn't know how she'll ever do what God called her to do. But that's because God hadn't given it to you yet. Amen. <laughs> every good and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. Now it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. I said, now it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Do you know that there are people out there, and they will even fight with me, there are people out there who do not believe that the church in this time and the church of the 21st century has the, uh, has the ability to know the mysteries of heaven. You have an unction from the Holy One. Verse 21. And oh, I'm so sorry to see First John in. Those of you who don't know, God gave me a dream and I was teaching in First John and Second John. So January the 8th, we're going to start Second John. And the Lord was in the dream. A voice spoke to me and told me that I was on a mission and a message. So I have been searching for the treasure and the mission and the message through First John. Oh, I've been blessed. Do you know it's the greatest privilege on earth to teach the Word of God? For the Lord to allow you to handle the Word of God yes. and for Him to speak to you mm. and to tell you revelations about His Word. There can be no honor on earth any greater, no joy on earth any greater than the Lord God to trust you with his word. So little children, keep yourselves from worshiping idols. There are plenty out there. Amen. Glory to God. I hope everybody comes back to Are you a writer or do you have a story to tell and maybe you need a little help with your writing? Well, go to Treehouse Publishers today. We can help you achieve your dream. Dreams come true in our house. Do you have a book just waiting in your spirit to come out and share with the world? Well, Treehouse Publishers will help you to achieve your dream. Write that book today. Sell your book in London, in Africa, and many other countries. Let your tree bear much fruit with Tree House Today. Go to www.gotreehouse.org.